Here we go on a Friday. Welcome to the Critical Condition Sports Podcast, wherever you may be and however you're listening. Thanks for joining me on this new episode on this beautiful Friday here coming to you live from San Antonio, Texas. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on today's show. i got a great episode with you today. I have Johnny Cupcake Campbell, who will be competing tonight in Bellator's 258 uh, prelims. So it's going to be a very special one because, you know, Johnny's worked so hard for this. He's taking the fight on 30 days notice. He's an excellent guest. Uh, we had an excellent conversation on all things MMA. So if you're an MMA fan, obviously, this is going to be a great interview for you. If you enjoy listening to great conversations and in-depth conversations, again, it's another great episode for you as well be on the lookout tonight bellator 258 will be coming to you live from the mohegan sun where it'll air on showtime on the prelims johnny cupcake campbell will be taking on henry corrales in a bantamweight fight so it'll be a big one right here it is the biggest the biggest fight in johnny's career as he's fighting for a bellator contract so be on the lookout for that i'll have all his social media linked in the description below. So if you want to sh- throw him, show, throw him some good love, support, all that good stuff, you can find the link to his social media in the description below of this episode right here today. Real quick before we get into the interview, I just want to go ahead and give you all my daily plugin. Please follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports on Twitter at Condition Talk. We're trying to get a little bit more active on that Twitter page. And if you're looking for that extra sports content, I'll give you some weekly hot takes on the YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type in Critical Condition Sports so you can find the Critical Condition Sports YouTube channel or click or click the description below. So I'll have that all that stuff linked in the description below for everybody. On Monday, I'll be releasing Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott, why Carson Wentz will be the better quarterback in the years to come, as well as just telling you, folks, thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. Please like, share, and subscribe. It'll help the growth of the show as well. Now, let's get going with that Johnny Cupcake Campbell interview. My next guest, he is a mixed martial artist who holds a professional record of 20 wins, 13 losses, and one no contest. You can catch him in his next fight, which will be May 7th on Bellator 258 when he takes on Henry Correa's. I'm not sure if I pronounced that one right there, but he'll be in action. Uh, it'll be May 7th, Friday night, again, in Bellator 258. Please welcome onto the show, Johnny Cupcake Campbell. How you doing, Johnny? Good, Jose. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. Uh, you know, happy to have you on, man. Yeah, fantastic. I'm happy to be on. I'm happy to be on. Awesome, brother. So how have you been, Johnny? Very good. Very good. So just staying active and busy, uh, training people and training myself and um, trying to just stay in the best shape possible so that if an opportunity like Bellator came up, I could jump on it. And um, yeah, I was ready to go on 30 days notice against the top tier opponent. So I'm looking forward to getting in the cage. Yeah, awesome, brother. Now, uh, for the audience that may not know exactly, you know, the specifics of who Johnny Campbell is, could you uh, let him give him a little brief description of who you are, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, a martial artist and entertainer since uh, like 2009 and um, got in, into mixed martial arts for uh, various reasons uh, to alleviate anxiety and depression and, um, you know, to uh, do something uh, combative that I could uh, express myself uh, physically without uh, getting into too much trouble as far as uh, maybe the law or something on that idea. So mixed martial arts really gave me an avenue and a path uh, to really become who I am. And without it, I wouldn't be 
uh, sitting here right now. I know that obviously for a fact, but um, I just wouldn't be the same person that I am today without it. So, um, yeah, um, a huge sports fan, obviously, uh, of all sports. I love uh, every single sport I grew up playing, all like the pretty classic North American sports, hockey, basketball, f- football, baseball, Um and I love, uh, yeah, I love athletics in general. And um, I'm super fascinated about uh, the human brain and uh, consciousness and how all of that works. And then how that plays out uh, on the uh, on the field or the cage. You know, um, the mental aspect of all sports is fascinating to me and I love it and being someone who's won and lost in this career um, I know like what it is that uh, winning and losing can do to a person and uh, I'm really just blessed to be kind of who I am and on this journey that I'm on awesome brother now uh, so for you I mean again you've been going through the world of mixed martial arts and since you know 2009 and it's helped you and it's helped alleviate I guess in a sense stress and it's been kind of like a gateway correct yeah, absolutely. 100%. Mixed martial arts is a beautiful sport. It, it, it really, it really can be. Definitely. Yep. I mean, um, yeah, without a direction of any kind, especially, you know, males in general, um, with testosterone and, and things like this society that we have, um, is fantastic. Obviously, you know, what's a you know, huge blessing to have the society we have, but it's just not like what we are meant to necessarily do. We're a little like cave boys, you know, when we're growing up and we want to like throw rocks at stuff and, you know, and punch our friends and wrestle and things. And they don't really let us do that. They tell us that we shouldn't do that too much. Uh, so, you know, you, I got into my like twenties and whatnot and was, um, you know, had been dabbling in, in mixed martial arts and training and whatnot and just needed like uh, a serious venture that I cared about greatly that I could invest my life into basically. And, um, you know, getting like a black belt in jujitsu or something is like a, it's like a college degree. And I feel like being a brown belt right now, it's like, I'm, I'm on the road to having like, you know, a freaking, you know, four college degrees in like boxing, wrestling, uh, Muay Thai and, and jujitsu. And, um, and I'm looking forward to, and already have started kind of like spreading that. So, um, you know, what we do is hugely important, but what we give back and what we uh, give to others is probably the thing that's going to really be everlasting. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do now with most martial arts and, and martial arts in general and, and then in coaching and whatnot, like the, the, the thrill of competition brings out so much of ourselves. Um, you know, we walk through day to day being uh, not always on entirely ourselves. Sometimes we're trying to be something that other people want us to be. And then when you're in there with one other person competing for something, you have to really dig down and figure out who you are as a human being. And uh, I love that about coaching. I love that about coaching. So, um, yeah, so. I love it. I like to be able to do that when I fight too. I like to fight because then people are like, Hey, I do this now because I see you do it. So, um, definitely. Now, Johnny, what made you become a pro athlete? I wanted to be a pro athlete for like my freaking entire life. Probably, you know, people used to ask me, um, when I was a kid, like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up and things and being like the 25th percentile for size, I wanted to be like a hockey player. I played hockey and I was like, you know, smaller, but I was very physical. So I loved that part of the sport, but I was like, it was like telling an adult that a child who is clearly smaller than most wants to be a pro athlete 
in hockey, it was like, people were like, nah, that's not, that's not going to happen. No matter how good you are, you know, maybe you could do this or that, go to college, play some college hockey, get yourself a degree, and then you can get a safe job doing something yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like whatever, selling fucking software or something. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so I just, um, yeah, but that was always kind of in me, I, you know, and then as a kid, I kind of did like, I did like drama a little bit as a youngster and things like that and entertaining and acting in some sort of way was like fun. I love that idea. I loved mm -hmm. pro wrestling. I thought that was the best. I grew up with like the undertaker uh, oh, being like WWE. my man. Yeah. I loved wow. it. I loved it, man. So like that type of um, like entertainment value though, I know MMA has that. It's just not everybody really like um, maximizes the potential. So um, I love that about mixed martial arts, that it's also sort of an entertainment um, type of avenue. You can only play hockey so entertaining, but you can go out there and fight. And, you know, before, during and after that fight, you can make it an entertaining thing. So absolutely. love that. No, absolutely. So, uh, so you grew up uh, watching The Undertaker? Oh, for sure. He was one of my favorites. Like uh, Stone Cold was, uh, you know, huge then. I, I forget what the era, what they called that era. It had like a name. Yeah. I was like, I was, I came in like at the very beginning of that. And um, yeah, that was, that stuff was the bomb. I loved it. You know, I actually went to a couple of WrestleManias before. No, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That must be a blast. You know, and yeah, I it, it was, but you know what? So I got to see the Undertaker's undefeated streak come to an end. Oh damn! Yeah, I saw I saw that. Um, it was uh, WrestleMania 30. He was going up against Brock Lesnar, and like to me, it was like a foregone conclusion. Oh, like Undertaker's gonna win, yada yada yep. yada. They're gonna keep the story going. And when I heard the three, when Brock pinned him, I was like, "Did was that a botch?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone around me, man, and I know they censored this because we went back and and me and my buddy went back to saw it, like see like the pay-per-view like the way it was like the setup and obviously they blurred it out but everyone was screaming bullshit bullshit like it was it was intense yeah like it was gonna be all right so oh i bet oh, i bet brother it was, it, was, it was history though for sure for like, sure so i definitely can relate to that and i think it's one of the one of the best to ever do it now uh for you though now growing up though you okay so people are telling you, you maybe hockey's not for you you know that clearly like and i'm already here getting the vibe that like a desk job a desk job or like selling insurance is something that johnny campbell would have loved to do i don't think that's something that's you right there yeah well obviously fighting yeah, seems to be like the next alternative if it wasn't pro wrestling did you ever dabble though like thinking of like do actually like doing professional it's not over yet it's not over yet i, I, would, I would i would absolutely do some pro wrestling at some point absolutely i'd love to like fly into somebody fucking chest to chest or something you know or yeah, uh you know double um you know uh yeah some kind of high kicks or whatever i'd love to incorporate some jujitsu like undertaker was doing like triangles and stuff i yeah. think at one point in his career like yeah i would absolutely so i'm 34 right now i feel like i'm in damn good shape so i would absolutely get into that once um mma is kind of like wrapped up who's uh, the best wrestler that you can think of that actually like could delivered a solid promo any single day of the week there's a lot right but the most memorable oh, one like to me the nature boy yeah, yeah. I mean, I love The Rock. I felt like that man just like, you know, he was like maybe corny, but that man captivated people and yeah. was um just like skyrocketed to the top at, at one point and was just 
like i mean he became who he is he's fucking one of the you know he transcended everything and i think that kind of has like something to do with the way that he just like the way he could shoot a promo charisma yeah definitely solid charisma you know so i think rickler's one of them i think chris jericho man is 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 as good as they come yeah i always talk about this with uh different people i think chris jericho what's unbelievable about guys like him it's that he's been in the game for 30 years and he's still elevating himself. I don't know if you have you uh, paid attention to any like AEW. No, no, not really. Okay. So the most impressive thing is they have so so many talented stars, and you know Kenny Omega. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's one of the best to do it, and he's a world champion in that promotion. And okay. I told myself this: like they put they're putting Chris Jericho to be like the last segment of every show, regardless if he's a world champion or not. Yeah, that's when you know you're doing things the right way. Definitely. So, absolutely you know, shout out to chris jericho but let's go back to the mma side of things johnny you have a huge fight coming up at bellator 258 and now did i get the name right is it henry uh corrales corrales yep okay cool okay so big fight with him you took this fight on 30 days notice you talked about how you're staying in shape and just in case if you did get a call like that you got it right here it's a huge opportunity you know it's going to be on the prelims it'll be um may 7th which is what which is going to fall on a friday I mean, tell us how that came about for you, Johnny. I'm constantly getting things from maybe Bellator or other places about uh, potential fights, especially in COVID time. Things people are dropping out. People are um, unable to to meet their obligations. So fights are kind of floating around. Bellator has like a committee of people that decides who gets the, uh, the fights. So they asked me recently to fight some Russian gentleman who's an absolute animal. Um, and I put my name in for that one. They said that uh, they took somebody else. So when Henry's name came across, uh, I, I first just double checked that it was at 135 because I know he's normally at 145. So it was like, you mean 135? Yeah. And bam, I was down for it, you know, right in. So, um, yeah, I get, you know, since I was an amateur, fights just pop up on short notice, seven days notice. I fought um, down in Brazil in October on 14 days notice. Um, yeah, it's just it's just part of the game. So I love to fight 15 minutes is not a long time. It's very, very much um, short. It's over before it even starts a, a lot of times. So I'm going to go out there and just be slinging leather at him for that full 15 minutes and uh, I intend on putting them down and out at some point. Definitely. Oh, man. Now, would you say, Johnny, and I'll be straightforward here, would you say this is the biggest fight of your career? Yeah, the pro- most likely, yes. I think that they're today, all kind of doing that. It's like it, lately, for the most part, that's how they've been going. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, knocking off a Henry Corrales would just up the ante that much more, and then the next one would be the biggest. So, yeah, 100% this is the biggest. It's like a giant job opportunity or a job uh, interview that I have, and I'm going to go in there and, and cash in. Oh, perfect, man, and I, and I don't doubt it at all. You know, it, it's going to be a very exciting time, you know, Bellator, UFC, all these organizations are putting on some hell of a fights. And, you know, it's it's going to be awesome, yep. not just, you know, watching yours, but watching the entire card. I mean, like, and I was selling this to, like, Nolan King. Like, we're talking about that Bellator card. It's just so stacking. When you look yeah, at, like, you know, the prelims card, you know, and I was telling him Johnny Campbell's going to be on the show. And, you know, I'm very excited to watch yep. him fight. And it's, I mean, it's going to be a barn burner. And, I mean, and that's, you know, no, I was talking to Nolan about that. And he was telling me, yeah, like, it's going to be, 
it's going to be a stacked card. And, you know, your fight just being on the prelims just shows the kind of quality of fighters that there are right there. I mean, it's literally a full stacked card. So if anyone's got a chance Friday, it'll be uh, Friday, May 7th. Check that out. Bellator 258. It's going to be an exciting matchup, uh, you know, and it's going to be a hell of an opportunity for you, Johnny. And I, you know, it's going to be a very exciting one to see. Now, for you, though, how do you handle, and I, since you're talking about, you know, taking fights on short notice, how will the mental aspect in that uh, go for you, Johnny? I mean, you've done this. Uh, does on, this is definitely not your first time you're taking a fight on short notice. How do you mentally prepare, though, for that? And you're, you've talked about how MMA and how you like it and you, you know, find the mental aspect intriguing. How do you handle that, John? I just know that I've been preparing for this type of situation for years and years. And every single time that I do a fight camp, I build a little bit more and then, um, and I just keep building on that. And I know exactly what to do, how to do it. It's like a science at this point. I know the exact rounds. I know the exact um, ways to go about cardio and weight cutting and everything is just so second nature now that, it's not even a thought really. I just, um, focus on the positive, really be grateful and say, thank you a lot. Um, uh, I'm very lucky also, it seems though. So, um, yeah, I've been hugely studying the law of attraction and, you know, you could say the power of positive thinking or mindset is probably a good one too, uh, for like a decade or so. And, um, yeah, the mental is so, so important. So anytime that there's even like the slightest doubt or uh, inkling of, um, of negativity, I like just completely uh, ignore it pretty much and, uh, and focus or do my best to focus on, um, on the positive outcome, which is my hand being raised um, most likely statistically through uh, a punch of some sort on Henry's uh, face somewhere in like the eyes or temple chin region. So um, yeah, that's um, there is like no thought or, or, uh, or hesitation. It's like 30 days. That is the perfect amount of time. And I know that because, because life is perfect and everything's working and happening for me. And, you know, every little bump, every little loss, every little uh, bad decision, every little injury has all just been like steering me towards Henry Corrales. And um, when I'm standing in there looking across at him that night, I will be in the exact place that I'm meant to be at that exact moment, doing exactly what I want. And, uh Man, there's just not a lot of people that get to say that, unfortunately, in this world today. So uh, Jeff Bezos, he's one of them. He can do whatever he wants, anytime he wants. Bill Gates probably can do anything he wants, anytime he wants. And on the seventh, I literally get to do the exact thing that I want. It's just like, it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. No, it it is. And, you know, I wish more people thought like that. You know, it kind of, you know, brings me back to like the whole, you know, like pandemic thing where, you know, there was a lot of negativity, though. And obviously, rightfully so, man. Right, right. Right, you know, rightfully so. And, you know, obviously things go down and, you know, it's a real stressful time. But, you know, it builds it builds you up. And, you know, a lot of people could take that as the negative or just take yep. the positive and say, okay, well, I learned what not to do. I learned how to do this. I learned how to adapt. You know, we all have to yeah. adapt in the world. I've always been very huge on that. How was it for you, uh, Johnny, uh, dealing with that, with that, you know, being a fighter and, 
obviously fighting and training and jujitsu and all these different forms of martial arts revolves with you being close to people. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of it more than likely isn't your family or immediate people that you live with for the most right. part, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you handle that, especially when it was during a time where we there was a lot of unknown? At the very beginning, like a lot of people, I think we just I stayed I just stayed away from training. So, I mean, shadow boxing and some, you know, running and sprinting and things I was still doing on the outdoors. And, um, uh, but yeah, for probably like two months, maybe zero contact whatsoever, which was really starting to like wear on me um, for sure. But my, uh, my gym, we have a, a saying, it's like 365 days a year, the place is open. Um, and people were still getting in there and training a little bit, even uh, during the, the shutdown. So uh, once I got back in, we like stayed relatively safe as far as, I mean, we're all a bunch of freaking um, homebodies anyway. We're at the gym or we're at work or we're like home. So like, yeah. we're not really out like partying every week, like sharing solo cups and stuff. So um, we were just training amongst ourselves. And um, I lost a few training partners for a little while. Some people that I maybe was like, you know, cross training with and stuff. But um, yeah, it brought everybody a little bit closer, I think, at the the, the home gym. So, um, and I got to rest too, which was good for like that first two months. I really do think it was almost for everybody, maybe like a little pause was probably a good thing. So I was like healing up some injuries and stuff. And um, yeah, it ended up working out really well for, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. For as good a pandemic can oh, be. <laughs> for sure. Now, Johnny, so like, so as a fighter, though, is there a difference? And I'm, I know there's a huge difference, but how big of a difference is it for you to like be able to be at home, work out, let's say you're doing weights or sprinting and running, right? Compared to like not, have, not being able to spar, is it real like detrimental to the way you are as a fighter and your skill set over time? You know, because if people don't like run, you know, for like a month or two and you try to run, you know, three miles again, it's not going to work. Awful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So is is it the same way with sparring? Kind of, kind of. I mean, the, the, one of the reasons I got punched in the ear this last time, yeah. I think, was just like lack of sparring. I hadn't had like a ton of um, of like live rounds. I had yeah. some at that point, but like very few. So when I got in there, I just feel like I should not have been freaking getting punched in the ear at that point. Um, you know, however it all goes down, I, that was 100% my fault. Um, I was like happy on the leg kick a little bit, like three leg kick, jab, leg kick, jab, leg kick, jab, leg kick. Obviously dude's going to rush you at that last, you know, when once it's predictable. And I just feel like that was something that was because I hadn't really like hammered out some of the things that I was maybe, uh, planning on in my head, which I've done a much more this time for this fight. Definitely. As far as like, um, what's the game plan? Okay. Now let's go try to implement it. Okay. Eh, it's harder to implement than I thought. Let's tweak some things, change some things around. You know, that's week after week kind of thing where I didn't quite have it for Brazil. So, you know, I a hundred percent respect to Ari Farias. He's an animal and the dude, um, clearly has skills everywhere. So, you know, if I'm going to get my ear punched off, he's pretty cool of a guy to do it. So, um, but I do hope to get him in the future. So, uh, 
uh, you better keep me in mind. <laughs> oh, no, uh, definitely. I mean, would you say, well, so was it kind of like a, I'm going to say a freak accident, but I mean, it's just something that you don't see. Cause I mean, I did see that. Very I mean, rarely. I mean, that injury, I hadn't, I hadn't seen uh, that happen, you know, in, in MMA, believe it or not. And I've been a, all right. I'm watching it and a fan of it. I mean, for as long as I can remember, for over ten years. Yep. And, Very odd. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like that's uh, you know, it, it's I, that was tough. I remember uh, when I first saw it. I'm like, "Man, okay, that's like a it's like a freak injury in a sense," you know. Definitely, yeah. Just like a bunch of little um, things had to go perfectly wrong in that case. Yeah. Um, just uh, I was like drier probably than I sh- than I should have been or would have been um, because it was two weeks notice. I not that it was like too much on my mind, but I knew like well, you only have so much gas. I thought for sure I can go 15 minutes, but I only have so much. So let's not waste it overly warming up. And then maybe I was a little too dry. Maybe if my ear was a little sweatier, then it just slips off. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was perfect. I kick and kind of duck under as he throws kind of a looping shot. And like the, like the, the angle was just like perfect to just like rip the ear. So yeah, everything is, uh, happening to make me a better person so <laughs> i mean definitely i mean obviously i mean i think that and i think with loss it's very important to like know okay well this didn't work or i should have done this and it, it's meant to like build you up things happen definitely for a obviously now you know we're you know we're looking ahead to may 7th and you know again opportunity does come right there and it like you said it sets you up for a bigger moment and definitely or you know your opportunity right there to take advantage of that right there now so and this is something that I definitely wanted to ask you shifting to this. Uh, Joe Ginetti was on the show and, you know, I know you guys, I believe are our training partners yep. are good friends. Uh, you know, both. both. There you go. And uh, Joe's an awesome guy. You know, he's one of the first people that I had on the show. Thank him for his time. Shout out to him. And so he told me about this incident. We we're talking about, you know, this whole like Patty, the baddie incident with him. He, yes. he just, he signed with the UFC, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh man. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. I, I saw that. And I and I'm telling you right now, man. Oh, I want to see Joe versus Patty so bad. That would be great. Seriously, yep. So bad. Now we were meant to have that earlier. Obviously, uh, some things happen, and you know things were said, and especially how you know Patty handled the situation. And uh, you know, can you just give us your takeaway on what happened uh, during that weigh-in for yourself? And the audience has already heard the story, but I want to get your side of this because you did something, man. And I was, and I saw that and I was like, okay, that's a G right there. And that's when Joe, Joe was like, okay, that's Johnny Campbell for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I, the whole thing was like, I'm on a winning streak at the time and was really like really wanting to take fights. I was like calling people out on Instagram and, and doing stuff that weekend, trying to get fights. And, um, and I, and Joe, I knew wasn't going to make weight anyway. So ahead of time, I had already in the background kind of been like messaging our mutual friend, Mike Pulvere, who owns cage Titans, like, Hey, Joe is definitely going to miss. I think that they're probably going to say no, because unfortunately he's going to miss by quite a bit. Uh, like, I mean, what do you think if I fucking, uh, if I take this fight, like Patty, although at 155, he had fought at 35, I believe. And just looking at him, I'm like, this dude, like what he brings to the table being bigger, isn't really going to be all that helpful because like, although he's long, he has like almost zero power whatsoever. Okay. So it's not like I have to worry about coming in on him. And then like his jujitsu is good, but he's not like so sharp 
and he's not like a pit bull type of guy where he's going to bite on something. He's more of a guy who like hangs in there and then gets you as like, as you, as you beat his ass basically, and then eventually chokes you. So man, I loved the shit out of that fight. And I, as Patty reacted the way he did, he like kind of, I'd say flipped out in a way and, and basically just told Joe like no chance so I immediately jumped up like, I'll fucking fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you right now. In fact, I think you're kind of being an asshole. So um, like, I'd love to fight. And I jumped on the scale and told the guy to write my weight down. I was like, 153, write it down. And the dude's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, write what down? <laughs> write write down like 153 question mark <laughs> like, what? but i was just fired up fired up and i i really wanted to fight um and they patty didn't really want he didn't know who the hell i was so he didn't really want to fight me because he was um just a random factor like i'm just gonna take a fight on like 24 hours notice against some guy i don't know and he's smarter than he looks i think so um yeah, he, he was pretty much saying no to it, uh, but the promotion ended up shutting it down ultimately uh, over like medicals being like overseas and things. It ended up being a fiasco, but man, it was pretty close, I think. Oh, <laughs> and I was 100% willing. So Joe told me though that, uh, so he was shedding off the weight there. And so he, so with the scale, he was talking about the scale that was so weird. Can you describe that, that kind of scale? I mean, did they use something different overseas? I don't know what they used. That thing was weird. It looked like something that they had created in like their in like a basement or whatever. It was like somebody who was like a scale connoisseur who tried to build his own scale out of like old scale parts or something. I don't know. It was bizarre. Um, yeah, the whole situation was rough as uh, being over there, uh, like, you know, flying over the freaking Atlantic and then trying to cut weight in a different country is not really an easy thing. And um you know, Joe is a is a badass, and he just he expects a an extremely high level out of himself. So he, you know, you tell him like to go climb Mount Everest, and the kid's just gonna be like, "Yeah, sure, fuck, I'll go do it right now in my underpants." And then he'll go up, and he'll probably die halfway up there. But he has just no quit in him. So um, yeah, we ended up being out there, and. Um, we couldn't make the weight, but it was um, it was a hell of a good experience, I think, all in all, really, for oh, both of us. But now, so Joe was telling me, though, that this guy kept running his mouth, and you guys uh, met up with him at a bar or something. Cause I, so you were, because he didn't tell me, so, so you were the only one that, that, came, that came into conversation with this, that, you know, you were there. So I know you were there with him during that trip, though. Yep. I mean, was this guy just running his mouth? The entire he was time? all over Twitter. He has some he has some followers. So he has like a good amount of followers on Twitter and on wherever Instagram and things. So he was tweeting out and then Joe has a pretty good following because he was on the Ultimate Fighter. So yeah. they're going back and forth. And um, yeah, and Patty is just ruthless. And then the English in general are pretty like, are pretty ruthless. And we're walking by a bar and they're just like sitting inside, like by the window seat. And they like wave us in, like as if we weren't going to go in. So we went in and started talking to them. It was bizarre. It was very bizarre because they just wanted like their argument to be heard. And then we wanted our argument to be heard. And then we all wanted to just agree to disagree 
but we all fucking hated that idea. So it was just a miserable, and we weren't gonna just throw down in like a bar. That would just be so like MMA movie like. So we couldn't do that either. So it was like the only way we can hopefully rectify it would be like let's meet up in the future at a weight and and fight JoJo and him most likely because. I'm a 35er, so I'll stay at 35. So I'll let them fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man, that fight needs to happen. Yeah, Jojo, we got that. Only answer is fucking winning streak. You know, choke some motherfuckers, <laughs> and then get to the UFC, and then smash them there. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. So you know, I'm very interested to watch him fight now because I've never seen him fight, and just the way you're describing the style, man, and especially so, he's a he's a 155er, man. There's just a lot of competition yeah. out there, man. 55 is going to be really tough for him. Yeah. He's going to get ragdolled at 55. Yeah. Well, I mean, by the ranked guys, not, not to say that, you know, the yeah. unranked guys wouldn't, right? But, you know, I mean, and here's the thing. We see this with promotion. And, you know, you've been in the game for a long time. And you've seen mm-hmm. this where, you know, guys that have a following, you know, yeah, following. Yeah. They get they built. Fighters, <laughs> you know, they give them, like. I don't want to say tune-up fights because I think every person in the UFC is tough. And tough. Just yep. every person that does mix martial arts and is a professional fighter is tough. In For sure. Own, right? You know, without a doubt. They but give them the right fights. <laughs> favorable matchups. Favorable. They give, give you Honor McGregor. Yeah. And I said, like, you know, and we, we talked, and I talked about this uh, with a reporter and I was telling him, you know, like Greg Hardy, when Greg Hardy went into the UFC, you know, they tuned him up. And a little bit. the question is, you know, how long does Dana or, you know, brass management matchmaking want to tune them up for you know yeah because the moment you get tested by you know one of these tough no joke ranked fighters i mean it's, yep. it's all over for you right there you know they're yeah the- um sean, sean o'malley kind of i mean he's still a badass no doubt but i mean he goes in he fights cheeto vera and vera's a uh is a tough man and he fucking kicked his leg and he broke his foot or whatever. And he busted him up a little bit. I mean, that's the perfect example of like, you know, he, I mean, he's an animal, so he's crushing guys probably no matter what, but I mean, he was getting, you know, favorable matchups and then he got a tough one and he ran into some adversity and he bounced back. So that's, that's, you know, huge for him. So we'll see with Patty. I mean, it's all about dollar signs, you know, as long as the English are tuning in, they're going to keep feeding them guys for a little while. And then, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to it, he'll have to fight somebody eventually. And um, yeah, when we'll see that ranked, especially at 155 there. Ooh, I mean, killers. Top 15. Get out of here. Killers. Because then you know, Conor McGregor was not, he, he's at 155 right now, but especially like with Dustin, but you look at the top with Chandler and Oliveira, <laughs> and you know, poor you, Conor, Conor's not yep. even top five right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Even for like Tony Ferguson, like you know, oh, Benil, Dale Ferreira, you know. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't like, uh, I don't like the odds there, man. We'll no, see, no, right? We'll see. Same. It's gonna be, you know, one fifty five is intense. I think like every division is slowly becoming that. Like for me though, like one thirty five, one forty five, one fifty five in the UFC, one seventy. Yep, fire. I mean, those are just all, man. I mean, scary, scary nightmare matchups. If you want to climb climb to the top you know yep exactly that's what it's become is there a fighter that you specifically follow in the ufc that you know you just absolutely love watching that's maybe not such a huge name like economy mcgregor you know or john bones jones fighter kind of like oh there uh john yeah i mean absolutely let me think um i love uh, 
I love just watching the fights in general. There's so many um, like incredible fighters right now that you could watch a couple of guys that you don't know and learn so much from watching guys fight now. Um, I mean, guys that I love, I love like Israel Adesanya. I know he's obviously best in the freaking world, but um, I think watching him strike is um, is something that you don't get to see very often, especially in MMA. So, um, I mean, he's somebody that I follow very, very, very closely. Um, but yeah, just in general, just watching the fights. I have nobody's that ever come into mind um, f- flat out right now, but um, uh, there's so many good fighters out there right now. So many, man. Were you able to catch UFC 261? Like Jemayev, I love right now, too. Oh, 261, yeah, of course, of course. Big, big, like Masvidal, I love, but he got fucking, <laughs> but he got oh, decapitated, unfortunately. Yeah, Usman, know. man, that guy is legit. As legit, legit. as they come, man. As, as legit yeah. as they come, and one of the best ever, maybe. You know, yeah. And I was telling people, you know, so you know how you know they did this whole oh, you know, fighting on a full camp kind of thing, and they, yeah, yeah, you know, wanted to build it up, and you know, if I had a full camp, you know, and right, you know, I mean, I think the UFC in a sense owed Masvidal because he did save a pay-per-view card and it ended up generating i believe it was like 1.3 million dollar million buys wow so you know you owe him i you know in, in a sense i understand owing him that one yeah i do agree you know Agreed. i mean he turned a pay-per-view that to be quite honest with you probably had no interest in you know like buying it you know besides me just being an mma fan for a lot True. of casuals wouldn't then you put miles in there a lot of, i you know everyone made sure to tune in yeah true so, so he turned that, so I get you. I guess they felt like they owed him that. So you know they had this thing, and people were like, "Oh, I think Masvidal's gonna wait." A lot of people were telling me that. Majority, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. I'd say the majority of the people that I had on the show, Johnny, and a lot of the people that I knew, like personally, were telling me that Masvidal was gonna win, and that's gonna be such a wait, a closer fight. And I told myself, "That's what people are telling us." So you know what I'm telling myself watching this fight? Yeah. <laughs> can I see something right now that Kamar can Kamara Usman fight George St. Pierre in his in his prime? And you know that that was my that was my question. I'm I'm like yep. not even entertaining this whole like upset thing. I'm over here thinking to myself like, just how yep. good can Usman be? Man, he's man. that good, that good. That right hand is brutal. You know, oh, man. Did you see that? Oh my picture? gosh! Yes, yes, fucking perfect. I love everything about it. it. It was insane. But I told myself, I think Usman can definitely compete with George St. Pierre. I think, fight. So. I think it'd be a tough one, you know? He's got such good wrestling. I think St. Pierre would have a real hard time wrestling him. And then St. Pierre has great boxing, but the power that Usman possesses is, is next level. It's like light heavyweight power at 170. Oh. And can you believe the doubt that this guy has gotten? Especially over I know, I know. Fights? Yeah, it's got to stop for sure. It's got to stop. I mean, I know I did it a little bit. I knew that he was incredible, but I always felt like, oh, there was something that I wasn't seeing that that I didn't like fully put him at the top of the food chain. And then he's just so composed, trains clearly so hard. The guy's in such good shape all the time. And then to freaking like that right hand, like Joe Frazier, um, I've seen videos of Joe Frazier throwing right hands and he would throw his right and kind of step his right foot forward, almost land and into like a Southpaw. And that's like exactly what the way he's been through that, like right hand and stepped forward, all of his momentum and weight and everything was going into that punch. Sickening. Oh, sickening. And you know, the first time, so the first time I saw him, I saw him fight Damien Maya. 
I was like, all right, this Usman guy's uh, pretty good. I saw him then. I saw him fight RDA. And I told myself, all right, well, that's oh my gosh, very freaking guy, right, right there that deserve. I, I I immediately told myself, okay, this guy deserves a title shot. Now I believe he got it right after the RDA fight, and man, he just, I mean, he lit up Tyron Woodley. And this was yeah, this yeah, wasn't true. Tyron Woodley that wasn't in a freaking you know losing streak. This was true at peak. That started yeah, it. Wood, Wood, Woodley was starching guys too. You yeah, know? yep, yep. And then seeing what Kamaro did to him and, and Wood mm. look, Tyron Woodley's as tough as they come because True. Usman, as much as he was lighting him up, he was he didn't finish him. Yeah. And Woodley stuck in there. True, true. And just seeing that kind of beatdown he put on him. Mm. Jesus, man. Like this, I mean, I'm telling you, I schoolyard. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand what people don't see in this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's real, 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 so real. So he might be on that championship uh, belt for a long time. I don't know who touches him. No, I don't know I, who touches. The only matchup I'd be interested in watching right now would be him and Colby. You know, yep, yeah, yeah. Poor Colby, though. I just, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, so the scariest part is though, and uh, Nolan was telling me about this from MMA Junkie. Um, you know, people were asking themselves, like, oh, how much better did Masvidal get? And people weren't talking about how better is Usman getting. And, you know, you saw uh, the first fight was a unanimous decision. Well, in this second yeah, fight, yeah. He, he made it a lot closer. He made it more decisively. Oh, so yeah. You wonder what, what's going to happen if he fights Colby again. I mean, is it just going to be another oh, more decisive victory? He's just going to bust Colby up. I mean, he broke his jaw in the first one, right? I mean, yeah. he's going to just bust him up again. I don't see Colby being able to to do. I don't think he can box with him. He definitely can't get him down. I, yeah, I don't see, I don't see Colby touching that man. Now, yeah, now for you. So I, I had one for you. I had a good one here for you. What did you think of this whole, and, and this is in your division right here, 135 pounds. What did you think of the whole like Sterling Yon uh, situation that happened? Yeah, that was a wild situation. Such a tough uh, situation. I mean, I think that it's just, it's got to be on Jan to just know fully 100% unequivocally when and when he cannot knee people. So I heard that this corner was yelling, hit him, hit him. Hit is such a broad term. You know, hit does not mean knee. Um, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. And I'll, I, mean, I, it, it was- I wouldn't want to be either guy. I wouldn't want to be either guy, really. Yeah. No. Okay. So how much does having your corner like speak and you being able to listen to your corner, like how much of that do you actually process in your mind, Johnny though? Because I mean, when you're fighting and I've, I've never done it, but I mean, you're fighting and it feels like there's, which seemed to me, there's a lot of things going on and everything just goes boom, 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 boom. It's fast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Kinda. And I mean, do you have time to process your cornerman? I mean, I would imagine the best time for that would probably be if you're on the ground. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, do this, you know, do, yeah, pretty much. It's hard. Like, I, I'm more often than not, if they're saying something and I'm hearing it, I'm thinking to myself, I want to do that, but I can't for some reason. <laughs> it's okay. like, yeah, I know you're telling me to do that, but ah, I just can't get that done right this second. Um, yeah, I don't feel like, 
I don't get a lot of feedback necessarily from my corner. You know, they're there for moral support. And then, yeah, on the ground, more than likely, a lot of the coaching is going to happen in between. And that one minute that you have, they're taking in a lot of things, processing them, and then they're going to give them back to you in the corner. Um, so I don't know. I think, yeah, that that's kind of crazy to think that you would hear, hit them, and then start kneeing people. I don't know. I, I don't really, I feel for Jan, but I think that he needs to just, pay more attention in the rules meeting i think you know that's oh, for sure i mean and what so what about sterling though i mean why wouldn't you want to be him right now yeah i mean yeah sure i think only because of the memes really that's the only reason like i mean obviously it'd be great to be world champ but like you know deep down on some level he's thinking like you should just keep fighting even if the doctor tells him no or whatever it may be, like you feel like, oh, I should just keep going. So I feel like there's a lingering thing. And plus, every a lot of people say that they thought Jan was winning or on his way to winning. So there just must be something in Sterling that makes him think like, ah, man, do I deserve this? Even though he definitely does, because yeah. the man was there for a reason. Put Everything happened. Yeah, man. Every, he deserved unfortunately to get knee in the head that night i mean he got everything so much good came from that knee so i just i want to see him go out there and and uh and put it on Jan and really show that he earned that that thing because he's a bad man i know he's one of the best in the world for sure so um that'd be a good fight if Jan sticks to the rules <laughs> oh, yeah. read the rule book man you got it. what the fuck and you know, now, so, like, is it terrible though no so like so you're you're the fighter and i'm the guy talking about this you know i'm with the show here but is it terrible for me to say, God, man, just, I mean, don't you know the rules, man? Like, I mean, no. I it's easy for an outsider to yep. say that, you know? No, that's like, totally understandable. Like, most of the fans know that rule. The fans know that rule. Yeah, you know? Like, Everybody I mean, watching was like, okay, he can't knee him. Oh, he just needed him. <laughs> like, what? I mean, it's yeah, pretty and I feel so bad for like, you know, and like the show is critical condition sports, you know, it's yep. critic criticals in the name. So yeah, like, yeah. And so, but it's just one of these situations like, ah oh, God, you know, I'm I'm not a fight. I've never done this, you know. Who isn't to say that I, I wouldn't have done some something crazy like that? There's yeah, you know, yeah, adrenaline pumping through you, but tough one, man. Very tough. Definitely one. control. Gotta have control. You know, oh, gotta have it. <laughs> you know, my heart broke yesterday, though, and you know, through the, at the time that we're recording this, this had just happened the day before, man. You know, T.J. Dillashaw got hurt. Okay, uh, I did not. So yeah, laceration, uh, last lacerated right above, you know, the eyebrow. Oh yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Fight between him and Corey Sanhagen's off now. Oh, that's tough. tough Was he like sparring like a headbutt? I believe it was a headbutt. I think he said that. uh, Makes sense. So he sent out a tweet. Man, you know what? I mean, Enders now. Yeah, yeah. Give it to you right now. So he says. Sad to say, sad to say that I have that I have to be pulled from my fight on May eighth due to a cut received from a headbutt while drilling. Oh, drilling as possible. So what's drill? What what is that? What does he mean by that? Man, well, like they were practicing some sort of movement, maybe boxing, maybe wrestling, and. Although drilling is probably meant to be at somewhat of a slow, controlled pace, they must have been swinging heads because you got to clash heads pretty hard, I would think, to mm-hmm. cut. Maybe wrestling. Maybe they were drilling some sort of takedown, and then, yeah, well, that's rough. It it is a rough one, and I mean, 
especially after, you know, two years of being away from the cage. True. Uh, you know, granted from a suspension, right? But granted, still two years is two years. Yeah, he served his time. Yeah, he served his time. I don't think that, you know, he should, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're in America and, you know, opportunity, second land of uh, the opportunity, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. Chances do exist and all these things. And so, I, you know, the guy served his time. He did it, you know. Definitely. If you really want to, want to, I guess, in a sense, not punish or, or throw some shade in a sense, and just test them for the substance, you know? Yeah, exactly. Plain simple, you know, just if you're that worried or be that concerned, then test them for, for that, you know, make sure he's not popping that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. More, or, or be more thorough with the guy's test. You know, I don't think that he should be, you know, defined by, you know, a lapse in judgment there that he's True. Had, you know, uh, definitely. So, so very excited to, to watch him fight though. Broke my heart, man. Same, same. Salivating, salivating at you know him and Corey going. Yeah, that's a that. crazy fight, man. That's a crazy fight. That's got title implications, I think, right on oh, it. Probably. Yeah. Well, with, with definitely. And you know what? It was. It's tough watching this for Corey, and you know, and it's only it's a cut, right? So I mean, within a month, I think that yeah, you know, yep. it should it should be good to go. Summertime. Be able to start, you know, training. Summertime should be should be the appropriate time for that. It'd be sick if they had it the week of the Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier matchup. I'd be I'd be mm. hell, I'd be a hell of a way to sell tickets and you know just get ready yep. for that. It happens, man. But I think if I was Corey, I think he made the right decision by not taking another fight. True. Yeah. Because. I mean, what are you, you going to get out of it? I think TJ's the name. Yep. You beat exactly. him. You're, you're the next in line. Yep. Former champ. You know, keep training, just keep training, keep improving, and just keep focusing on that same opponent. That's probably a smart move, definitely. Now, do, do you think uh, Corey gets it done? I've been telling everybody, I think Corey gets it done here. Man, I think he's got plenty of tools to get it done. You know, That's I think. Scary, man. Yeah. That TJ's got a lot of tools too, but I think that Corey is just, um, yeah, he's just more dangerous and more different in more, uh, more ways. So TJ, you kind of know he's going to come in. He'll move a little unorthodox. His head movement will be, um, uh, very good. And then he'll throw some great boxing combinations, but man, Sanhagen, that guy, I've seen him just murk people. I feel so, um, that Frankie fight, man. Poor yeah, Frankie, man. He's a legend. <laughs> legend. And he just uh, yeah, it was that uppercut. What did no, he hit Frankie with? It was like a flying knee, man. Oh my gosh, yes. It was intense. And that's the I guess the ugly part in the sport, you know. I mean it's a it's a beautiful sport. Mm. It gives you memories, good or bad. It gives you, you know, some highlight right <laughs> we call him like we we can leave it at that one yeah exactly tough to watch man it was it was such a, like you know chris unfortunately you know what happened to chris this past weekend it was it was a tough one you know 100 percent. i only watched that once <laughs> yeah oh once. yeah i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't watch it man anymore i mean you know i you know i, I told somebody i gave someone my quick opinion on that i'm like okay well life really does come full circle mm-hmm. there's your proof right there but man, yeah, i just couldn't i couldn't bear to watch it anymore yeah, the universe is very, very funny, if you want to use that word like that, you know, to be, for it to happen on him from, to and or to Anderson, and then, then to having a Chris, it's just almost too, it's almost too much. It's like we're living in a parallel universe or something. Yeah, oh my goodness. Now, so, it's, it's intense. Did you ever uh, grow up uh, having a favorite fighter? Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I loved, like, you know, like chocolate Dell guys like that um 
a huge fan of like Matt Hughes at the time when he was killing, uh, killing it. And I loved like Matt Sarah actually. Um, no, Matt Sarah. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sarah, he was like my my dude for a while there. Um, you remember the the upset? Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, fanboyish. I must have been at Coops, which is like a like a um, restaurant bar that we used to hang out at and watch the fights. And um, yeah, that was bananas. That whole situation was bananas. The way that he gets the fight through the Ultimate Fighter and then goes up and gets an automatic title shot, and then he like rocks GSP. But GSP, you know, probably best of all time. Probably best of all time oh, with the redemption. <laughs> oh, definitely. But I mean, oh, you know, the, the Matt Sarah though thing. So, you know, it's funny. So it's funny that you say Matt Sarah. You know, Matt Sarah is one of those people. And we don't, we've all had, you know, you, you watch MMA and you're a fan of it or you're a hardcore fan of it. Like myself, you watch the fights and it's crazy. When I think of Matt Sarah, we've all had these moments where you remember exactly where you were yep. and what you're doing when guys like, when like them just give you some a moment you know it's a special moment regardless of you know i know gsp regained the title dominated you know after that but those once in a lifetime moments or those special moments are intense <laughs> one of those you know it was matt sarah knocking george st pierre out you know finishing him off you know it was one of those like i start, i remember i was you know in middle school then you know, I was, I was watching uh on the computer, I was able to find you know, no the way, stream, stream. yep, yep, <laughs> but, savvy sorry, kids. Sorry, dad, <laughs> but you know, and it, it's crazy, you know, you, you have those moments that even then, now 10 plus years later, you know, I, I'm talking about this now with you, so yeah, right, that is the beautiful part of the sport, man. You know, Matt, Sarah, god, man, I couldn't yep. believe that. The same, same. Unbelievable. Nobody believed it. That was that was wild. Um, loved it though. Loved it. Definitely. Now, is there a specific fight that you can go back to and watch anytime? And you'll just maybe go back and watch it over. Like for me, Roy McDonald, you know, oh. freaking Robbie Lawler. Get out of town. Yeah, man. And that you can just go back and enjoy and you just tell yourself, man, that was that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, there. I mean, there is a lot probably that I that I like rewatching things. Like, um, I love pride fights and things like that. Like, um, uh, like any almost any of Fedor's fights back then from those uh those times. I, I watched those almost like reruns, like a television or Gilligan's Island or Brady yeah. Bunch or something. Um, for that very thing. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, so many, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful fighting is such a such an awesome universal thing where um, almost all human beings really, really appreciate it for, for some reason, whatever it really is. It's hard to pinpoint exactly, but, um, and yeah, for that very reason, there's just so many uh, amazing fights. Boxing too uh, uh, is such a fun sport to watch. And when you really appreciate uh, boxing, um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Can I get your opinion on something? Of course, of course. What's your take on this whole thriller thing? You know, this Jake Paul nonsense, man. And I'm, I'm saying oh, man. nonsense. I man, I hope I don't offend the audience, but you know what? We're pretty uh, critical here. I you know. know what's, what's the it's fighting? That's it. It's like almost it's funny, no matter who fights, if two people are gonna fight and there's enough hype behind it, everybody wants to see it, and then yeah, people will pay money for it. So uh while he has this like 
undefeated thing going on and he's a youtuber who's masquerading as a boxer it's like every fight's gonna be like exhilarating because you're like oh is this the one he's gonna get exposed i hope this is the one he gets exposed and then it's like oh shit he won look oh maybe he is a good boxer it's like it's perfect to to keep everybody kind of latched on and hooked for now favorable matches yeah oh beyond right i know couldn't be better really and he's talking about more you know like dylan dennis or something like get out of here crack dylan dennis of course i'm being honest with you right now he would he would crack dylan dennis and i like i like dylan you know, I'm Same. a, I'm a Gregor mm-hmm. fan. I like him. You know, he rolls with McGregor. Jake Paul would crack Dylan. I don't think Dylan wants wants the fight, man. And I'm just being honest with nah. you. And, and you know, Dylan, if you're listening for whatever reason, try not to call it. Ah, you call me out. I don't really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, right. Um, I don't think he truly wants that fight, man. I think no. Jake Paul would crack him. Most likely, Jake's a pretty big kid. You know, he's like freaking 190 or something. He's pretty jacked up and he's got like way too much time on his hands because he youtubes all day so it's like he probably does train hard you know it's just um yeah i mean is he really gonna be a freaking boxing champion probably not i would think not but it's like a celebrity boxing on steroids almost and some people are digging it i think it's gonna lose its flavor as soon as he either outplays the bums like he keeps fighting ben Askrens, then people are just going to lose interest or he's finally going to fight somebody that's legit and they're going to smoke him and then nobody will give a shit anymore so you know like, we'll what see would, what would make sense to me and, and i was telling this to a buddy of mine i mean tyron woodley i think that would make the most sense. oh that'd be yeah but that's DC, scary yeah i don't think dc dc i mean i don't think dc is going to waste his time either he, he should nah. you know he's a legend yeah, exactly. You, know, you shouldn't waste his time. You know, I'm not saying that you know Ty, Ty runs any less, but he's not in the he's not uh con, he's not contracted with the UFC, I believe, anymore. Yeah, he yeah. Like, he fought like his last fight. I think it makes sense. I think for Tyron, you know, he's got some you know musical background too. He's got a following. Oh yeah. And I mean, he, he's I think he would beat Jay Paul without a dude. Doubt. He's got he's hands. Good. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's legit. He's a legitimate fighter. He's not and you know on the. I'm not going to say he's on the downside. I mean, he's still not, you know, older yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's yep. still younger. Uh, yeah. Tyron Ty- Ty- still got, still got years in him. Definitely. And obviously I think, I don't think Jake would take that fight. I think that'd be. I think no way. Hell it no. would sell. It would definitely, I'd probably go on, on record to buy that because I oh, just yeah. think that Tyron would starch him, man. Definitely. Same. Yeah, man. I think that's something worth watching. Dylan Dan is, I don't see it, man. I said, so, I, I think, I think regardless, like if Jake were to fight Dylan, I think Jake would win. It'd be a win-win for him because he's yeah, win. definitely. And it would sell. Yeah, probably. Because you know these the the heated rivalry between these two, it would sell. So yeah, would be great business for them. But True. You're, you're right, man. I mean the entertainment thing. I mean, if it was truly based on fighting, you wouldn't see all these musical guests either trying to like hook people in. Yep, bingo. It's a whole performance thing. Yeah, exactly. Entertainment. It's COVID time. People want to be entertained. <laughs> Each his own, man. You know, believe it or not. So I had a, a guest uh, last week on the show ask me, you know, if I think the UFC should incorporate some of the things that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, putting bringing in artists and stuff like that. I just don't. I don't see it, man. Yeah, no, I agree. The UFC has like its own thing going on, so they do their things their way, and I think that's the way that it should stay, probably. So white makes martial arts, you know. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Bingo, bingo. It's you know, it's real interesting though. I mean, 
we'll see we'll see what happens with that whole trailer thing i mean it's mm. not really not really my speed but hey to each his own a lot of people are real critical of it if you don't like it folks don't watch it yeah exactly what's no making you do it you know now, exactly for you johnny as we um you know head to the final stages of the show right now is there anything um that you're looking forward to in 2021 in the world of mixed martial arts besides any johnny campbell fights yeah i mean i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with uh 170 division still i want to see how badly Usman just stomps all over it even more um and then naganyu i cannot wait to kind of see what happens with him he's just most likely the best of all time in the making right now and that for a heavyweight i'd say so i just cannot wait to see him cracking more skulls um and then we got the ultimate fighter coming up that's going to be very interesting um we got a guy from uh, the new england area mitch raposa who's just a, a badass wrestler boxer um who's going to represent the northeast very very well i guarantee that so um that's going to be super fun to tune into june, june 1st now uh is he a 135er yes so what's, what's his name uh mitch mitch raposo or mitch raposa i gotta get them mixed up but uh, did, um, you, uh, did you uh, get to talk to him or train with him or anything like that i haven't not in a long time um but he trains down in uh, like the Fall River area with a um, with a really good team. So we're it, New England MMA in general is all sort of like a family. We fight each other a lot of times, um, just like a family, I guess. But like at the end of the day, like we're all just trying to succeed and get to the highest level that we can. And um, super happy to see Mitch uh, do it because he's just been fighting as a young man for like quite a while and he's accumulated a lot of wins and it's his time. Nice man. Well, you know, Dan Arguetta was actually on the show uh, on the show, uh, I believe it was earlier this year here on critical condition sports. He actually got on the show as well. Oh, so that's awesome. One thirty fivers, man. So it's, it's oh, sweet dude. I'm telling you, man, like that. I mean, I don't know a lot, a lot of the other, of the other division there. I yeah, know somebody yeah. from uh, my, my home area actually made it onto the show. Off, I didn't really awesome. Follow, and really follow it so much, but Dan, it's another talented guy, man. So I mean, those two names already that we're rattling off, mm-hmm. it's just telling me that we're in for a, a freaking banger of a season, man. Definitely. Good fights, man. Good fights. We all win. Guaranteed, hundred percent. And I'm looking forward to them. Oh man, it's gonna be a very exciting time, man. Now, what can um, the audience expect from Johnny Campbell though? 2021. What is your goal? Goals right now is to accumulate uh, as many W's as possible uh, on, on that for the rest of the year. So we got uh, April uh, first fight with Bellator. Uh, winning gives me a contract with Bellator. It's already in the contract. Uh, so you can look to see me probably fighting for Bellator uh, a few more times this year. And I would love to, um, I'd love to take a run at that Bellator title. So beating a guy like Henry Corrales puts me right up in that title contention. So we could be talking uh, about uh, cupcakes fighting for the Bellator title uh, by the end of 2021 for sure. Oh man, I'm very excited for that one. Johnny, we wish you the best. Quick last question before we sign off. Where did the nickname cupcake come from? Man, it just, it came from, uh, just South Shore sport fighting. So we have very, very uh, interesting nicknames more often than not. And uh, it's it was just rattled off one day um, at, at, during training and people hooked on to it. 
and they announced me as cupcakes uh coming out for my first fight as an amateur didn't even know they were i'm like zoning in trying to be like the badass that i know i'm meant to be because i'm an mma fighter now and they announced me as johnny cupcakes campbell so everybody loves it it's kind of like i was thinking about it today actually doing uh hill sprints uh, it's kind of like my alter ego in a sense like eminem had slim shady and i grew up listening to eminem i had like his well, his first like big studio album i listened to that probably younger than i should have but um don't tell my mom, <laughs> but I did. And uh, yeah, I feel like in some way that's almost kind of like cupcakes is sort of like my evil dark side that I like, don't really like to, to be, but I sometimes am. Uh, and yeah, like I hide the, the scariness with a happy nickname like cupcakes. So it's kind of like my serial killer uh, identity that's like deep, deep down. And um, its name is cupcakes to kind of like trick people into thinking like I'm this friendly dude or whatever, but I really am. I love people and I'm super grateful, but everybody has that. Like you just cut me off in traffic and now I want to like cut you, cut your throat. So uh, that's cupcakes for me. That was a question from my boy, uh, Mike. Yeah. You know, I, would, I told him, I'm interviewing a Johnny Cupcake Camel today. We're talking. He's like, oh, Great. Okay, that's a very interesting one. I wonder how he came up with that one. Everybody's like, oh, I'm the killer or I'm the assassin. And I'm like, yo, I'm Cupcakes. So, yeah, I just, um, yeah, it's part of um, like going with the flow. And, you know, life just doesn't always um, doesn't always go like your way or it's not always meant to be easy so yeah. cupcakes is kind of the same idea with like just like be water the universe kind of like just like laid this down upon me and um you know you can fight it and be like no i'm a badass call me uh, the mutilator but nah, <laughs> or nah. The terminator or exactly like <laughs> but dude that's just not me i'm johnny cupcake and uh and i'm here to be one of the best fighters uh, to ever touch down on this planet. And I, and that's my intention. Awesome. Well, that was Johnny Cupcake Campbell. His next fight will be Friday, May 7th, Bellator 258, when he takes on Henry Corrales. It's going to be a very fun one to watch. Be on the lookout for that coming up Friday, May 7th. Johnny Campbell, thank you for uh, joining us on today's show, man. Dude, Jose, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Awesome. And to the audio audience, uh, be safe. You're going out. Again, just be cautious, take care, be safe, have fun, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye.